Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. We have an extra talented and, well, multi-talented and super special guest in the house. And it's my pleasure to always have someone from the 3GO family. If you don't know what 3GO is, it's three guys on. And I'm always proud to be uh, part of that family. And I've gotten to know many wonderful people through that uh, through that podcast. And if you aren't on that podcast, I always say, hey, check it out, because it's one of the places that helps me be a better person. So um, today's guest is Brian Paris, who's a stand-up comedian, Emmy-winning writer, and he's also a super-duper uncle to his nieces and nephews. You need to see what he does with them. And yeah, but I don't know how, to, I need to learn some secrets about that so I can get my daughter plugged in and start putting out to work because yeah he, the, those skills are amazing that um he the the, the skills that he has that I, I used to be someone like that with my nieces back in the days but i think i lost some of those skills so i can my daughter is getting to that age she needs to get to work and he just released uh he's about to release his um album his digital album which will be out in a few days but by the time you listen to this episode the album will already be out and it's titled Last Wishes, and we'll talk about that a lot more. So without much further ado, welcome to the show, Brian. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. This is great. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, yeah, we always look forward to people like you who can bring a whole lot to the show. And uh, it's all about us learning from you and um, the audience getting to learn, and we all grow together. So... Um, can you introduce us to where you were born and, um, yeah, just uh, your childhood? Uh, okay, yeah. I was born in uh, I was born in Massachusetts. Uh, I was born in Worcester, Massachusetts, um, and I grew up I grew up there. Uh, I've got three brothers, um, and uh, yeah, I grew up uh, in a. You know, my dad is from Italy, so he's he's Italian. So uh, I grew up with a lot of Italian culture. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I've lived in, I've lived in DC, uh, after I went to, uh, college in Maine and then moved to DC and now I live in, in New York, um, city in Brooklyn. So that's kind of where I've been and, uh, and where I started short one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes short is all we need. So you're the second yeah. person on the podcast who's of Italian heritage, who uh -huh. also, um, who was the other person? Because I have a rivalry with them now. I have to be the better <laughs> Italian. Well, he was uh, born in the part in Padova area of uh, oh, okay. Italy. He's got he's got like real <laughs> Italian credentials. Well, he's, I've got he's, a dad that was French, born there, but... and he, he's uh, his dad is Italian, and so he, his childhood okay. was mixed in Italy and France, and then uh -huh. he moved before moving to Boston. So, ah, gotcha. Yeah, a lot, still, of lot of, lot of Italians in the Massachusetts area. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, now, now he's all Boston, but he doesn't hide. The, yeah, he speaks Italian, but he doesn't hide the Italian. 
his his podcast is actually on um Syria R. So that oh, that's, that's okay. how we got connected through a soccer podcast. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so it's it's, it's my favorite Syria R podcast. So he's he's like one of my mentors. Also. Gotcha. Yeah. So with um all the cities that you have connected to you or your early days in life, where does your favorite childhood memory come from? Oh, um, I mean, probably like all, I mean, all my childhood memories are, are in, you know, Massachusetts where we grew up. Um, a lot of them are, are probably, you know, I can remember a lot of, um, I feel like holidays were always a big thing that stuck in my mind. I can remember, you know, just lots of people, uh, we had very, we had very large holidays, um, especially Thanksgiving. We had so much extended family, um, on my dad's side that would be, uh, that would be there because they had my, there's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different, uh, relatives. Um, so we would, uh, we would just eat such good food and, and, and we were all sit at like a long, there's something about, I don't know if this is an immigrant thing or a specifically Italian thing, but there's this idea that like, if you're not all sitting physically at the same table, like, you know, it doesn't count as a meal together. So, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's like, you got to stack up like eight different, we had a table that kind of meandered through two rooms that was really like, you know, eight different tables all stuck together. Yeah. But it felt like you very much have to have that long table uh, in order for it to count. So I can remember um, just lots of great memories from, from holidays, um, you know, growing up which which honestly makes like the, the next two months a little difficult is like uh mm -hmm. you know a lot of things that were used to happening you know aren't going to happen and, and yeah. things have changed since then too but i have lots of great memories um from that so will you if, if you look back now would you say I'm, I'm kind of jumping forward a little bit but would you yeah. say the holidays you know being around the table did that play a role with the comedic part of you developing uh honestly probably not i mean i i don't remember uh i don't really remember thinking much about stand-up and comedy until i was a little older than like you know my earliest childhood memories uh yeah i i mean i've always had there's been funny people in my family i think you know that's probably played a, a part mm -hmm. is you know, I remember a lot of like people cracking jokes and my dad was, you know, funny when I was growing up. So I, I think there's some of that um, in there. But yeah, my interest in comedy was probably a little later than like, you know, early childhood. Yeah, well, because why, why, why I asked or brought that up is, yeah, um, I know most times when people are around the table, especially like immigrant communities, there's always yeah. plenty of jokes like storytelling. And, you know, for someone who's in the comedy field, it might not, you know, you know, it doesn't translate as being in a stand-up comedy. Well, I, I think my mind just went back to, um, is it Delirious, uh, the the other stand-up by the, uh, Ed Murphy, where it wasn't, I know it wasn't the family dinner, but it was the family gathering in the beginning. I don't know why I'm just remembering that now, but, and he, he performs in front of the whole family and Samuel Jackson's character tries says, this kid is funny or something like that. And uh, that, that okay. just came to my mind all of a sudden. And <laughs> but I, I, I recall being at other family members' houses back in Nigeria, and you know, there, there's some, some they make fun of somebody, and 
they throw barbs, but it's like they're throwing barbs at somebody or they just they're, they're laughing at somebody or they just bring up some story yeah. and it's embarrassing to someone like hey don't don't say that don't bring that up and <laughs> I, 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 like over time you know it, it sticks with someone and some nickname starts to come out and like hey the, the older you get you know when you're younger you can't really say stuff because you're too young you're like shut up the adults are speaking. Right, right, right. And then yeah. you 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 like, okay, I'm I can't wait until I'm of that age where I can get involved in the in the banter. Yeah. Right? It's at some point you so, can you can talk shit back yeah. to these people. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the key. That's the key. You so, know, when you're a kid, you take yeah. a little you take it as you take it as much as you know, for as long as you can finally start mm-hmm. uh, giving it back to people. I, I mean I can I can I, I relate to that a little bit. I think, you know, um the environment that I grew up in was always a little bit, you know. Um, there's a lot of shit talking, uh, not just in my family, but like, you know, yeah, my brothers, my friends, like, uh, the, the place, the, the area I grew up in was a little like that. It was a little, you know, um, there was definitely a lot of back and forth that was like, yeah, yeah. The talking, <laughs> like, you know, insulting people, like, you know, so I think there's a little bit of that, um, DNA that ends up in stand up because stand up is a little bit like combative. Yeah. Um, but, um, but that's funny. Yeah. I, I, I've known, I've known several, uh, Nigerians and all of them were shit talkers. I hope they're listening right now. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if that's a culture. Are you Igbo or you're or Yoruba? No, I'm, I'm not from the big three tribes. Um, oh, okay. I'm from, from a smaller tribe. But yeah, we, we oh, grew okay. up shit talking. And, you know, <laughs> I, re- I remember being in Nigeria and someone once said, Oh, you should be, a, uh, yeah, you're going to be a comedian. And I never considered myself being funny. But yeah. It was one of those things that you had to be able to survive by being able to talk yeah. trash. And yeah. there, there was this game, we called it Warding. And that was just the name for battle. Mm. But we never, you know, we, we didn't have these shows. Uh, um, yeah, it was uh, the, the rap show. Uh, it's battle that's called, right? Um, yeah, rap battles. Rap battles, yeah. yeah. But we, yeah. we didn't have access. We didn't have cable back then. We didn't have... Uh, so we didn't have those programs on TV, so we didn't know about those stuff in the city. I'm, that I grew I'm up really on. glad that there were not rap battles when I was growing up, because that would have been—I would have never made it. You know what I mean? But you, I would, during, I would have been, time, I would have been killed as an yeah. eight-year-old. It, would, it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> but during break time, you just have two kids step up, and one would just it, so there was a version of your mama. And one kid would just throw barbs and just start, and I'll be like, "Oh hell, yeah. no, I, I can't, I can't, I can never step up to this." But once in a while, I'll just step up and just make fun of the kid for what he's wearing. And then yeah. if the kid is getting too good at me, either sometimes it might get physical, or you just throw a barb yeah. and then you take off before it's, the kid it can. It sounds can like respond. you're you're. It sounds like your I, philosophy was to make fun of a kid's shirt, and then if he said something back to you, you'd punch him in the face. Is that a fair? Uh, it, 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 yes, yeah, some, <laughs> sometimes it happened, but um, you, you, you have to pick your, your, your battles correctly. So yeah. you, you know who you, you – if, if you're going to try to punch, then you make sure – it's a kid who you've, you, you know that if the kid comes after you, you can defeat the kid easily. And we watch a whole lot of karate yeah. movies. So you're like, oh, if that, okay. if, if that kid beats me today, I can plan my revenge two months later and take – like, all right, I, I, call, I call you out today. And then you, yeah. you pick a fight, but you know we were stupid back then, man. That's yeah. why girls live lo- longer than boys because <laughs> the stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's one of the reasons. I think that mentality is the bigger issue. You know, not a lot of kids are. Uh, <sighs> it's not because like ten year olds are getting punched out to death, but it's yeah. because that mentality leads to that same that same mindset for for years to come. Where oh, you're yeah. like, yeah, it, yeah, it's just it's, a real uh, unnecessary battle urge that we have. Oh yeah. 
But it's so it's so crazy how we the the, the trash talking still lived with us up till yeah, for forever with the, most of the guys who yeah you know it, it just evolved into something else. So even when I moved to other cities or other regions in Nigeria, it's one thing that I could use to break the ice when I walked into yeah. uh, the little shanty stalls where they sold the mm-hmm. local brews, the, alcohol, the alcoholic brews, and I just. Like coming there and say, hey, one shot for everybody. And the older gentleman will be like, this young man, he has, he knows how to respect his elders. You know, he has respect. He, he got everybody one shot when he came here. What town are you from? We like people like you. You know, the younger generation today, they don't have respect for, for, their, for their elders. We need more people mm-hmm. like you in this country. And then, yeah, come sit down here. Let me tell you something about your, your history. And then tell me some extra trash. You know, oh, yeah, I've learned some trash now. I can use that now to attack <laughs> other people. <laughs> I got some, some, some wisdom from the elders now. And then, when, nice. when some other guy shows up to me and I hit him, bow. They're like, oh, man, I've never heard that before. Where where you get that from? That's good. You're good. You're good. I'm like, mm-hmm. You, you got to go seek wisdom from the top and then apply it to the, <laughs> the elders. I like that. <laughs> but I never knew that I could use that. Like, um, if I wanted to go into stand-up, I could have easily applied that. But it, it was yeah. a part that there's, I never There's some of that. Of. I mean, yeah. I feel like, that's part, like part of that's just like the crowd control element mm-hmm. of stand-up where – you know, that can be good. I think it's also like, you know, roasting and there, there are jokes in that vein of like that are punches. Yeah. Um, and, and so there is some of that, but I also do feel like most, like, I don't think the people that I know that are best at talking shit are necessarily like going to be good at, you know, like they're not going to be necessarily good at stand up. It still takes an element of creativity that I think doesn't come from just being able to like knock somebody down a peg. Um, so, so I know, I know people who are like good in that way that I'm like, I wouldn't watch you talk for a half an hour. That's you know true. what I mean? Yeah. I, like, so I think there's, I think it's a piece of it, but some people, um, you know, that's not, uh, there's not, that's not necessarily like my favorite part of it. Yeah. <laughs> that just feels like something to me that's necessary because there's, you're always performing in such, not always, but a lot of times you're performing in situations where you sort of have to, you know, act like that to just get the attention of the room um, and deal with situations. So it's sort of like a, a necessary thing, but I don't love it. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I would prefer never to have to, um, you know, do that kind of thing, but it's, it's part of stand up. Yeah. yeah. It remind, also reminds me of uh, this guy who, when we were in junior secondary school, he he used to be he was one of the shortest guys in class so he mm-hmm. he had that uh, Napoleon syndrome yeah so yeah. Um, he could never challenge you to a fight physically but right. he always stepped up like the moment an argument happened he would just rush right up to you be in your face wow and then he would just throw insults at you and before you could respond you just see that the guy starts your you, before you know your eyes are like you, you start tearing up like you're about to cry and the moment he notices that you're about to cry then he'll grab your shit and it starts look here that's why i don't want to beat you i'm not going to beat you this time but next wow. time you try bs with me i'll rough you up and then he roughs your shit and then he leaves you and he walks away he's gone he takes off <laughs> and oh then, man by the time you regain yourself where, where's he at where you can't you can't find him he's but he's that's like all that's the trash. opposite philosophy that I have. <laughs> I don't. I'll be honest. Like I've I've never been in a physical altercation. Really, uh, I've the never truth, been the truth is he, he fight. Never punched anyone. Yeah. I if there's something it, he, him running toward the thing, I've just I always move away from it. If I'm at a bar or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's something brewing, yeah, I can't tell you how effective it is to just uh, move away from that area. Nobody really usually tracks you down to hit you in the back of the head, like. 
you kind of have to step up to it to get into a confrontation. And, and I, I highly recommend um, just not being near where people are punching each other. It's been great for me. I've, no, I've as never, an adult, uh, I do that now. Yeah, But as great. a kid, we used to admire him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then like, wow, he's so bold. Until one yeah. day he, he threw words at someone who words didn't have an effect on. And the guy yeah. never teared up. So when he came extra close, the guy just grabbed him and pow. Smacked him once, and he was like, "Oh, <laughs> he, he's oh, it wasn't it wasn't working." And that was when it was like, "Wait, wait, wait a minute!" So the trash talking does not work on this person. It, it had no effect, and then it's like, "Oh, um, oh, so that's his that's his weapon. His weapon is just to talk trash." And the moment someone is like, um, "Are you done talking?" Okay, now let's get yeah. let's get down to the business. And then he's like, uh, yeah. now I'm running away and the guy is chasing him. He's like, ah, help me. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> this is, wait, 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 we thought you were strong. No, 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 he wasn't. It, it, it's just, he, 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 he got into you emotionally and weakened you. And then as soon as he, he said that you were, you showed that weakness and that's when he would come like, oh yeah, you're weak. I can shake you a little bit and then I run. And then he run. And I was like, oh, yeah. after that, the people saw that. And anytime he talked trash, people just gr picked him up. Like, he, he was tiny. <laughs> people picked him up literally <laughs> like <laughs> shit. Even, even girls picked up on his and girls started picking him up. And I was like, okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, you, need, you need to come up with a new plan now. This is, this is not working anymore. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's one of those memories that, <laughs> that um, yeah, it's just one of those things that we grew up with. Yeah, everybody tried to trash. Trash talking came in different forms and. Um, it, yeah. it was a weapon for for most of us. Like, yeah, it's it's one of those things that, uh, like, it, it, I was I wasn't in Lagos. I never I didn't grow up in Lagos. I only stayed in Lagos around when I was trying to get my visa. But uh, oh, okay. In the Lagos area, if you you could use, also use trash talking against the the street urchins. Yeah, you could you could you could step up to them like because you know, they could smell someone who who was fresh in in the neighborhood. So you, you come there. You're not from the area. You're from a different part of the country. They see you and they want to be like, oh, yeah, let's get money from this guy. And then you're like, okay, do um, you know where I'm from? Do you know me? I'm from a different part of the country. People in that area know me as a gangster. And then you go and grab a bottle of pow, smash that bottle. And you got to be careful the way you smash your bottle so you don't <laughs> cut your hand. But you're just talking trash now. They're like, oh, wait, wait. Yeah, wait, I feel wait. like smashing a bottle to use it as a weapon is is uh, never a good you know, uh, I'm, you're not, I'm not It always going, looks, you're not it use looks, it, it but... looks cool, but it, it's not, it doesn't look like a very effective <laughs> weapon once you. Once you've cracked, once you've smashed it, if you haven't cut yourself, yep. it doesn't seem like something you could really. I guess it, people are wary of it because it's sharp. Yeah. So that's good. But like in general, it, it seems like it's, you know, it's not a great. I've never seen anybody do well in a fight with that. Oh, I've, but that's the thing. You, you, your prayer is you smash the bottle, you're just talking trash and announcing, like, hey, I'm from yeah. this part of the country. Don't mess with me. But if you mess with me, what I'm saying is, if you mess with me, I'm not really gonna do anything. You're just gonna beat me up. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. But I might get my people to show up next time and come mess with you. They know me because I can smash the bottle. It's pow. I'm from there. And then they're gonna be like, oh, he smashes the bottle like people from that part of the country. Do we really want to mess with him, or do we not? <laughs> you know what, dude? Let's just go have a drink together. Let's get to know each other. How about that? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah we could have done idea. that. We could have done that. We don't need to get violent, do we? Yeah, let's throw away this bottle. Yeah. But by the way, my name is Raphael. Huh? What's your name? Oh, okay, yeah. But, and, and, you know, we shake hands. And, uh, see, we yeah. could be friends. We don't even need to get violent. <laughs> well, why are we even... Why, 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 why are we arguing? Why? Why? Why, why are we even, you know? I mean, I got, yeah, yeah, you know. So, sometimes we just do that. And 
But we have to, but you, you, you have to yell at them first because that's what they understand. They understand yelling. You speak the trash and all that. Yeah. And then that's your way of introducing yourself to them. Right, right. And they're like, oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Speak just, their language. Yeah, yeah. You speak, that's the speaking of the language. And so it's just part of the the the, the decoding of the area that we, we just did. And yeah, so yeah, I was quite skinny too then. So I was I look good to pick to be picked on. So I just showed up and like, oh, <laughs> who's this guy? This from my father. They're like they they start telling when they see you coming from my father, they can tell from your the way you walk, like this, you're not from this neighborhood, you're not from this part of yeah. town. So they just start announcing from my father, like, um, how much do you have? Just just get ready to bring it to us. And then you start <laughs> announcing back to them, like, um, I ain't giving you nothing. You know who I am? And then you start talking your trash back. And they're like, uh. And I go, do, do you have it? Where's the bottle? Where's the bottle? I'm going to trash him. And they're like, hmm, his accent is different. The way he speaks <laughs> is different. Hmm, do we, do we want this trouble? Or do we want to know this person? Let's get to know him. Okay, I want to know who you are. Maybe let's, let's get to know you. And they're like five or, or sometimes ten. And I'm like, uh, if they try to chase me, I can't really. I don't even know where I'm running to. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I, I'll, I'll gamble. I'll gamble. And then we'll shake hands. like, oh, you're cool. I'm like, yeah, you guys are cool too. No, you're not cool really. But you, I'll, I'll praise you too. And then it works. And that's how I got out of some neighborhoods. And yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, the truth is I was going there to look for a girl. So. <laughs> oh, okay. You had yeah. other motives. Yeah, they're, they're protecting their territory. They say they're pr protecting the flowers in their gardens. So, yeah, they're the knights. So, I have to go past the knights to get in there. Was, yeah. That's a weird cover story for like a group of ruffians to be like, we're we're here for to protect the flowers. That's a, I've never heard that one before. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. When it comes to Nigeria, you hear different stuff. And you just got to come in there and be like, da da da, be get ready. Like, how bad do you want it? How, do you, you want to show up and be like, you know, I changed my mind. I'm going back. Sometimes you do that. You mm -hmm. just look at it and be like, is she worth it? No, I changed my mind. <laughs> I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah, I've done that too. So sometimes I'm like, nah, I'll, I'll do it today. I'll show them I can do it. And then I, I'm like, woo, I got lucky this time. Then sometimes I'm like, girl, next time you come to my area, I'm, 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 you, nobody's going to harass you like this. It's not worth it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's some of the. The stuff and without realizing it, I was building my trash talking. But now all I do with my trash talking is when I play soccer. That's it with fellow dads. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's my, it's it's much better for my health. Yeah. Yes, definitely <laughs> healthier than breaking bottles. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't even know how to hold the bottle. If I'm gonna try and break it, it's uh, no, I can't. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm bad. I'm yeah, but don't tell that to the people, um, to my gangsters back home. They they. <laughs> I, I, the streets need to know I'm, I'm still gangster. Keep it that way. They don't listen to. Well, don't worry. I promise not to tell the people <laughs> on the streets of Nigeria <laughs> that you are not nearly as gangster as they think you are. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very plugged in over there. So you, you I'll, your secret's safe with me. <laughs> um. So we spent enough time on 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 the trash talking on the streets. Let's um <laughs> dive into um. Um, who inspired you into taking the comedy route? Uh, wh wh wait, wait a minute before we go into that question. You, you also do writing. So which route did you go into first? Was it the comedy or writing? Which one came first? Uh, I mean, it's all comedy, but yeah, I think you're, yeah. So stand up was first. Okay. Um, so yeah, who, so stand, who up, stand up you? was first. 
and I did that for um, about 10 years before I got a writing gig. So, um, I mean, it's not any one person. I think, um, you know, my dad was funny growing up. So I think that probably plays a part, right? You, some of your early, like some of the first people you see, like getting laughs, mm -hmm. I think is an influence. So there were some, my dad was one of them, but there were some funny people, I think in my childhood, who I would go like, oh, I like that, that guy, you know, I like seeing that guy or woman be funny. And then people la like, you, you kind of, you see the appeal of that, I think. But honestly, I think stand up specials I used to watch um, as a kid probably got me thinking about it. There wasn't any one. Some people have like a person that they're like, it was this person and this person was my person. And I wanted to be just like, like, and I, I've never really had that. I used to watch a whole bunch of it. Um, but I can remember like Chris Rock being a person that I would watch a lot, uh, growing up, um, Chappelle later Seinfeld, uh, you know, there, there was, there was so many, I, I used to watch it kind of a lot. So, um, I can remember thinking like, this is so awesome. Um, as a thing. And I was always watching it with the curiosity in the back of my head. Like, I wonder if I could, um, you know, make people laugh. Um, and so that was something I was always trying to do as a kid. Um, you know, and I, and I think seeing stand up on TV definitely inspired that. So when did you decide that this will be a career that you like to dive into? Or what, what, what was the, um, did you have an epiphany or was there like the moment where you said, this is it? I would like to make this a career. Um, you know, I don't know if I, I mean, I think the moment of first trying it and, and it's not necessarily one moment, but that early effort at, I'm going to try some open mics and see if I can do this. I think that felt like, um, an important moment, but you know, at that point, to be honest with you, I was never, I never had this clear, like, I'm going to make it and be, you know, like, I've just never had that moment mm -hmm. um, where I felt like, you know, like a decisive moment for me. There have been lots of little moments that have encouraged me along the way. But when I started, my goals were just like, oh, man, I wonder if somebody will pay me 50 bucks to do this. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, and then that happened. And I'm like, yo, look at this. I got wow. money from doing that. Like, <laughs> I'm just happy to be in the, be in it at all and to be able to say that I... uh did it was cool and um and to honestly to just be doing it i've always just loved uh writing jokes and trying to tell them on stage and and that's the main thing um i did stand up for a long time where i was unable to sustain it as like a a, a career on its own yep. um, and it wasn't until i got a writing job um and and another one after that that i was able to actually do it full time um and you know, that that's not because I was like, well, now I want to do it full. Like, you know, I want to do it full. It wasn't those, those didn't align exactly. I, I would love to have done it full time for, you know, uh, a long time as I was doing stand up. It's just sort of impossible. Um, or, you know, you can do it, but you to actually make enough money to live off. It was very difficult to do with just stand up. And I wasn't really able to, to do that until I got a writing job. Yeah, that's one thing I've been finding out recently, um, especially since I joined the 3GO family and uh, um, listening to other comedians through the podcast world. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess it now makes sense why I never realized that comedy was a career, but at the same time, it's like... I mean, um, it's borderline, man. It's, it's like borderline the arts, yeah. Like even with acting, you know, and, and even music, uh, it, you know, 
the, the picture that I had growing up, a whole lot of them were in careers that um, people survived on. And I, I understand why when family were like giving me choices, like, oh, this is what you have to become. You know, like, like in the Nigerian community, immigrant community, they don't tell you, like, you don't hear anyone saying, I want you, uh, it's okay if you want to become a comedian. No, no parents going to yeah. tell you that. Like, yeah, no, no, nobody, no, nobody, nobody are you, ever. Are you crazy? That. That's the first thing. Are you crazy? Well, what the hell yeah, wrong with that, you? Like, that's no. pretty universal that, like, uh, you know, m most people would not, you'd be reckless to encourage a child in this direction or even an adult. Um, because it's such a bad idea for a way to make a living. I think most people who end up in it, they just, they have this disease that we all have where we decide that we have to do like that this thing we, is something we love. And they're just sort of like, you know, um, forced into it almost, mm -hmm. uh, not, not you have a choice, but other people in your, in your life just sort of have to accept it. But no, you know, I can't imagine somebody like being like, Hey, you know what you should do? Yeah. <laughs> you, you should try to make a living. Like it's a terrible way to make a living because um, it's just so much of a gamble in, in, in a lot of different ways. But it's something that, you know, I love doing, obviously. Um, so I don't speak ill of it from like a, you know, um, I love the thing itself. But as a way to make money, there's literally anything else would be better. I can't think of something that would be a worse way to maybe crime. <laughs> borderline i would say but honestly it depends on what kind of crime, crime. Like that, that, you, that's the point you know i would say don't be if your choices are a violent criminal and comedy maybe do comedy but if it's like white collar crime i don't know at this <laughs> point you I, know think what I, mean? I don't it's, know is, is a fair is the right answer i think i think maybe maybe you should look into white collar crime <laughs> Uh, because it's not a bad, in comparison, there'll be a lot less lows. I think, you know, uh, it's, it's the worst way to, to make money other than violent crime. I agree. Uh, that's another reason why I bring that up because, um, back when I was in Nigeria and there were some people who just throw that, um, oh, you're funny. You should be a comedian. Mm -hmm. They did not know what, um, went into being a comedian. They just saw like, cause um, when we started having people who were being successful as comedians was around, I would say probably around 2003, 2004, when we started having stand-up comedians being successful in the Nigerian market who were breaking through and becoming mainstream. And it was like, oh, this guy is successful. This guy dropped out of university. He didn't, yeah, so you can do it. You can, but it, yeah. no, it's like there were for each one who was successful, it's kind of the same thing yeah. here. You had like a yes. hundred who, yeah. The, it, it the idea happen. of like, and, hey, there's this, there's this one example of yeah. a person who succeeded. It's like, what other industry would you be like? Well, as long as there's one guy who could mm -hmm. make money doing that, like, I'll, like you would need more evidence than that. And, and it's people are always rationalizing that too. I hear people go, um, you know, because there's also this idea that, well, you know, you really have to start at comedy kind of young and get into it young. And some people who will like, they'll have like a midlife crisis and they'll decide they want to start doing comedy or just they'll, they'll decide late in life. And they'll be like, well, you know, so-and-so uh, like they'll use the example of like, I don't know, like, I don't know if this is true, but like Burr or like Louis, like they'll just be like, well, he didn't start. Into, and it's like, it's like, yo, <laughs> don't take the one example of a person who's like a legend in the field yeah. who was able to, you know, 
what about all, I could give you a list of a million people who you've never heard of that you will never hear of mm-hmm. that, you know, never could do this. And honestly, even people who are quite talented, I think, um, aren't able to, to do it on its own. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, the, the idea that you see a couple people break through and you go like, Oh yeah, this is a, this is a good call. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and it was yeah. just crazy. How do you just hear people say, Oh, you're funnier than that. And this guy who, who the first guy to cross the one million naira, which is which then was like ten thousand dollars. The first guy to get paid that, you you're funnier than that guy. You you should you should be a stand up. And I'm like, uh, if I ask you how how did you begin, they don't even know how you, to begin. Where you begin at? And yeah, I I was lucky that before I left Nigeria, where I used to stay at was uh there was this place that was full of open air restaurants. And okay. Before um like. Um, the the main um uh, like a lot of the the um, the actors and uh, script writers producers used to hang out there, so oh, okay. there was I wouldn't even think about it then. But a friend of mine, well, an acquaintance, I won't call her a friend because I don't even remember her name now. Um, she used to be in the city where I used to stay at, and she was like, oh, she had lots of scripts that she had written, and she she can you know it was great stories. I read a few of a few of them. But she didn't know anybody in Lagos, and she wanted to get into uh, the movie industry. And my cousin lived like literally on the street to the restaurants where these actors and so it was like, oh, if you go to my cousin's place and stay there, uh, my cousin will allow you stay. You know, tell him that you're from me. He'll probably allow you stay rent free with him, and. You could just, you know, go there and you know, that's just my thinking. Go there and you you have free access to the producers and everybody. And yeah, you can get into the movie industry. And she's like, oh, really? They're right there? I said, yeah, oh, you don't even have to take a bus. You don't have to take any mode of transportation. You just walk right there. How easy, you know, all you need is just to get to Lagos and get to my cousin's place. And she's like, wow, yeah, I have like a bag full of scripts and all that. Okay, go. And she got on the bus, got to my cousin, called my cousin before she left. My cousin said, okay, you can come over. You know, maybe if you get lucky, you can, st- you can stay with me for a month or two. And she went. And after, I think after three months, my cousin called me. I was like, uh, this girl is starving here. She's about to die. Um, when is she going to leave? Because I, I can't be feeding her. I don't have, I don't, I'm broke too. I don't have money. So the, does she understand how movies work? Does she know how this industry? I was like, oh, she, 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 she'll make it. I'm, be, I'm hustling here too, so I don't have... Um, they, they yeah. don't, you guys don't, I don't have time for a problem. So I, I didn't really care about the whole thing. I didn't, I didn't understand. You gave this woman <laughs> terrible advice. Are you, do you, do you realize like, yeah. as you're telling this story, Dude, I, I feel I, like I, you're I, not, I was 21. You're not I addressing your own role in the, in, I, in I didn't know anything. Sending this woman down a path that she, she, she should not have sent her. I shouldn't have, but I, I didn't know anything then. And my cousin understood how it worked, yeah. but he, I guess he thought that uh, we we had we had done our homework before she came, and, right. or she had done her homework, and yeah, she she was going out every day and coming back, and she, and yeah, after after I think after one month she had given up, and yeah, yeah. I'm I'm taking this as a cautionary tale to never take advice from you. Is that how I should be taking this? Uh, that that was years ago, man. And now I know better. <laughs> now you know better. Okay, you've grown. All right, that's good. I had an by afro. The way, I had an I afro then. That... That's how different it was. I had an afro back then. Now now I'm bald, bald with wisdom. You know, do have some you, wisdom. Would you like to? Would you like to apologize? She might be listening. If that okay, young yeah, lady, I, I, I apologize if you're listening. I, I can't. I don't even know your name anymore. So I'm I'm sorry for sending you down that. But I, I wasn't the one to send her down that path officially. But I still apologize for my role in encouraging you. <laughs> 
down the boulevard of broken dreams. Because I think she probably was like, you know what, I'll go get married and focus on being a housewife after that. Because, yeah, we, we, he just, my cousin helped raise um, her, her, raise, uh, her transport fare back to her village or something. And that was it. Okay. She, 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 she was like, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm, this is not my life. Cause, yeah, yeah. She, she, she just walked up to some producers like, "Hi, I have the script here." And uh, uh, what? Yeah, bye. And she, yeah, she did right. that for a few days, and yeah, and, yeah. No, no, nobody signed up, and yeah, life, yeah, life got to her real hard. She lost weight. It was, it was bad for her. Now I, I was in a different city, doing living my. I was struck doing my own struggle somewhere else, but I was like, "Wait, I'm waiting." You were, yeah, I was waiting, I was waiting to see her you name were, in a movie. Were, you were drinking champagne. You were hey, having. Well, you I, were wish, like, I you wish. Even know you ruined this one. <laughs> well, I was drinking life, Don right? Simon. That was the, the the wine everybody was drinking then. But I, I was waiting to see her name on the movie. Like, oh, the, when is this movie coming out with this girl as the script right now? Something, you know. And my cousin like, this girl is dying over here. <laughs> I was like, uh, well, okay, I don't know. I just thought you. There was after week one, somebody was like, oh, this is a great script. Uh, well, to me, it was a great script. Yeah. Yeah, and. Yeah, now now it makes sense to me why why nobody do, yeah why it didn't work out and <laughs> now I know like yeah a few years ago someone called me from Nigeria I was like yeah I want to go to Hollywood you know he has never left Nigeria I want to go to Hollywood I was like what do you want to go do in Hollywood oh I want to hustle okay um, hustle and do like what kind of hustling. I do anything in the entertainment industry. I'm great, you know. I'm I'm fantastic. I say okay. I, I, I feel you on that. I'm not keep trying to kill your vibe. But what exactly do you want to do? Yeah, people in America, yeah, who are your age too? They they people from all over the world in Hollywood doing, hustling there. So what exactly do you want to do? You just graduated from university. What do you want to do? Uh, anything. You know, I, I want to act. I can act. I can I can dance. I can this. I can that. Okay. So if you get a visa now, you just go straight to Hollywood and act, dance. That's why you tell, okay, you, you're going to elevate her with a producer. You get lucky. And, or a casting director. That's why you're going to tell them? Yeah. I said, bro, if I know someone who is, is casting for a movie, I'm not giving you their number. That's it. <laughs> I can't do that right. because I don't know. So, sorry. But there's some work for you to do, and I can put you in touch with the websites that can brush you up and, you know, learn what you need to learn and go on YouTube, look at, and then after two, three weeks, tell me what you've learned from those places and then we'll talk. And it, well, that was like three or four years ago. He never called me back since mm. then because I didn't tell him what he needed to hear. I didn't, I didn't say, you know what, get a, get a ticket, go straight to Hollywood. Yeah. You learned your lesson from that woman whose life you ruined. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think that that would be the title of one of my books that I write. The woman whose life I ruined. <laughs> Don't be like that. So, yeah, that, that and it, it didn't even occur to me until years later. I was like, wow, you know, that happened. I can't even recall her name, but I was so young then, and you know, she just. I was like, what? Go, just go, go. Yeah. You were encouraging. You were you were yeah. trying to do the do a good thing. Yeah, but yeah, unfortunately, uh, it came at a price for the poor lady. And yep, so that's that's why I had to correct the other young kid who probably calls me an enemy now, because that's that's how it works. Because you know they're like, oh, I know someone in the United States. He refused to help me. You know, I, 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 
because they all think it's one small country. And I'm like, oh, you seen the map? It's huge. I'm in New York. It's in the other part. You are trying to go. And I told you the truth, but uh, yeah. So it's crazy how it works. But uh, unfortunately, I had to ruin somebody's life too. <laughs> <laughs> to let my lesson. Maybe that's part of the reason why I lost my Afro too. But the Navy also yeah. played, took the other, is the other half of the reason. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what was your first experience like uh, when you when you did your stand up? What was that experience like? Uh, how did that go for you? Uh, I mean, it was an open mic, so you know the the first stand up experiences are usually you know you, you're not good. Um, so, but I didn't. I I felt like it wasn't. Um, it wasn't so bad. Like I, you know, I got some laughs in the room. Like it did. I didn't have the experience of the first time I got up on stage, nobody laughed, and I bombed in front of a bunch of people, and it was mis like I just I did an open mic. I got some laughs. You know, it was mostly comics in the room. Um, I felt encouraged after it. I was like, okay, because I think like one thing, you know, I was like, oh, the one thing they kind of laughed at, or one or two things. I was like, all right, well that works, and then this other thing doesn't. So I'll try to do more with the thing that worked you know like you just I, I think i started right away on the process of like oh now i'll try to come back next week and be funnier uh mm -hmm. and do you know so i didn't have a bad first experience um it was you know and, and there were some you know comics who talked to me and we hung out like it, it felt okay um as a first experience but i i certainly wasn't good um and i don't even really remember the specifics of whatever i was doing on stage i'm sure it was terrible <laughs> so uh, I have a friend who does stand up and uh mm -hmm. he invited me to a, a show somewhere in Queens and I, I went down there and I didn't realize that I was the only person who showed up and the whole room was oh, full yeah. of comics. And I, I, I tend to let loose when I'm in, a, in at uh, events like that. Yeah. So I, I was laughing and I was being, I, I tend to be a good That's sport. Great. You know, and yeah. every comic was using me for their props and, you know, I, I was playing along. And at the end of the show, it was at the end that I realized that I was the only person who who, who bought the tickets to, to be there. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, I guess, well, I'm, I'm, it made it extra yeah. 40 to me. And, you know, so at the end of the, the show, everybody was like thanking me for playing along and all the comics, like, you know, um, I just had a good time with uh, every, all the comics that were there. And he, he, he was like, "Oh man, thanks, thanks a lot, man, thanks a lot for, for you, you. You just great. You 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 kept the energy going because we were all down yeah. and that nobody showed up. And I was like, wow, so I, I never realized that just being the only person. Because I at one when I realized towards the end, I, I was feeling bad in a way, like, oh, maybe I was laughing too much or I was too loud or maybe I should have. No, it listen, down. we'll 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 take we'll take sympathy, laughter, or just overall laughter over over not any day. Like nobody's." You know, I, I don't think people are rarely upset by somebody who's like laughing too much at a comedy show. Comics are not going to feel that way. Uh, you know, yeah, because I, I don't think. pre pandemic, you know, I'm, yeah, it's, I, 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 this was before I had my daughter. And, uh, well, before we had our, my, my daughter, and, you know, I got that chance to go out there and sit down. And yeah. Let him lose. So I just, ha, yeah. like, that's the right, that's me. the right. That's the right mentality for an audience to have, by the way. You know, mm -hmm. uh, audiences that have the, the mentality of like, you know, sort of sitting back and like being sort of critical of everything that like, to me, that's, you know, you could do that. It's just not as fun. Um, and I don't think, you know, I don't think everybody has to laugh blindly at every line either, but I, I do think the right mentality 
going into a comedy show, if, you know, I certainly enjoy shows more when I'm like, I'm going to have a good time here. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, yeah, so especially when the comedian good, is funny, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to laugh my ass yeah. off. I'm going to laugh my yeah, ass yeah. off. And that's great. So we love it, people it, it was like beautiful it. when the comedian came to me and, you know, they were all telling me that, yeah, this is, they enjoyed it. And uh, it, it added to, the appreciation. I was like, man, you know what? I wish I could buy another ticket again. Like, you know, <laughs> just to, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Get another it, personal comedy show. <laughs> so it made, it made me not feel bad. That I was the only person in the audience, and uh, it made the whole experience um, ex extra uh, exciting for me. And I think after that experience, I, I wasn't afraid of sitting in the front row because mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I would be like, oh, I. I know if I sit in the front row, the comedian tends to pick on people in the front row. But I, I wasn't afraid of being a good spot. I, I tend to be a good spot. But the only time I've had a bad experience, it, not, it wasn't even a bad experience, but it was someone, it was a, a comedy show organized by a veteran who's a right-wing guy. And he was yeah. just being a knucklehead because I guess he didn't pay attention to the comedians he hired for the show. And there were like 99% of them were left-wing <laughs> comedians so uh, on the left. And he, he started getting mad when they were cracking jokes against Trump. And he, he like, that's not true. That, I'm like, dude, it's a comedy show. Shut up. All the veterans were telling him to shut up. They want to enjoy the jokes. So, and this is the guy who booked the show? He booked the show, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> so, I would love to watch that. <laughs> so now I'm in the front row and... One of the comics, uh, she 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 begins a joke and then you know I'm laughing so I already felt like she she was gonna come towards me so you know and most of the vet because she wasn't a veteran and the crowd were trying to be like the, the, those guys who they, um, they weren't encouraging to the comic because number one she's a woman and she's not a veteran so I, I tend to laugh extra for people like that like hey I'm encouraging you like come on you know I'm giving you the encouragement like the, the, if the crowd is not picking on you they, they're not encouraging you because you're not one of the crowd, because majority of the yeah. comedians were veterans also, but she wasn't a veteran. So I'm giving her the props, like, hey, you good to go. I'm like, okay, pick me, make make fun of me. And she was about to begin, and she was like, hey, where are you from? And I know that's a question that some people, you know, with my background, tend to, it can be a, trick, a tricky question. And as soon as she mm -hmm. said, where are you from? The, the guy who booked the show was like, he's from Africa, he's from Africa. He's just yelling, he's from Africa. And I'm like, uh, I, I know this knucklehead. He he, does, he tends to do this stuff. I'm like, I, I ask you to speak for me. So I used my, I said my home state instead. I said Virginia. So she understood what was happening now. So she's like, oh. So she, she already's like, oh, um, yeah. And she turns towards him like, thanks, thanks, motherfucker, for ruining my joke. <laughs> He's like, oh. Huh? He's like, hey yeah. man, why are you making me bad? I'm like, dude, you still don't get it. She's trying to do, let her just do her joke. And he's like, yeah. man, I, I'm not a bad person. I'm like, God damn, just shut up. Let her, she's yeah. trying to do a joke. He's like, but you're from Africa, man. You're from Africa. He's still yelling. And then people start to, hey, man, shut there's, up. There's, there's absolutely no reason for like somebody who is hosting a show yeah. and producing a show to be like talking during another community. Yeah, and, 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 and like, yelling but you know, it. it's another reason is, it's a woman talking. So, he, yeah. he, he tends well, that's, you know, that's 90% of the time when that happens is, is a guy and it's a woman on stage. Like it usually doesn't happen any other way. Um, and it's, uh, and it's trash. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah. Your, so, your, your, uh, your friend sounds like he's, uh, bad 
Yeah, he, he ended up walking out of his, his own show that he booked. He ended up walking out like, I can't, I can't take this no more. You, 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 all, you all just don't like Trump. You're not being fair to Trump. He walked out of his own show. I'm like, uh, you booked the show, man. He, well, you got us free drinks. Anyway, yeah, he so. needs he needs to book like a ra- <laughs> he needs to book like a rally instead of a comedy show. This is no, there's no. That's not the point of a comedy show. Yeah. So yeah. I, at the end, the comedian came up to me and she was yeah. like, oh, "I'm sorry about." It. I'm like, "Nah, you don't have to be sorry. He's the one who should be apologizing to me for trying to ruin my experience." And then he came yeah. afterwards and was like, "Hey, man, I'm not racist or anything. You know, I have Irish roots." You know, I, I'm proud to say I'm I'm, I'm Irish. I'm like Man, um, trying to say trying to say I'm not racist <laughs> by saying that you're Irish is one of the most outlandish white people things I've ever heard. That's I mean, I, I've heard people try to get away with that for being Italian because yeah. they're like, you know, and which is also trash. Um, but man, Irish is like, yeah, that's what do you mean? That is where. <laughs> That just means you're a regular white person. Like, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so I, I had to ask him, like, okay, so you, you, you're not, you, 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 you claim your Irish roots. So have you ever said you're, you're European instead of uh, when they ask you where you're from? Do you say I'm European? He's like, no, I'm from Staten Island. I was born in Staten Island. I was like, oh, so is it okay if I say I'm from Virginia? He's like, but you're African. I'm like, uh, Africa has 50, 50 55 countries. Yeah. So it's uh, no, bam, bam. I'm like, yeah, there you go, man. Go, 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 go take care of yourself, man. You got issues. Bye. And the other com- comics <laughs> yeah. start, they start, they start throwing uh, banter at him. And he's like, Yo, what? is it because I like Trump? You you think I'm racist? I, I don't understand. What, what's going on? This, this is not fair. And he, I'm like, dude. And I, I think that's probably the last time he ever booked a, a comedy show because he, 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 probably he, for the best, you know. He, he I mean, didn't I, like I don't. The for for anyone who's listening to this, they're not going to be like, you know, what I got to get is I got to get in on whatever the show that was. Uh, yeah, that sounds terrible. Also, usually, like, if you're yelling about not being racist at a comedy show, like almost regardless of the circumstances, like that's probably not going to be a good look. Nah, you know, they, like he, he, no, he didn't no... get it. He didn't get it. It's like, I'm like yeah, everybody there, like there were other right wing. Uh, veterans who were there, and they were telling you to shut up. <laughs> they telling yeah. you to shut up, like, "Hey, you're ruining, you're ruining it for everybody. We're trying to, we, we're enjoying the jokes. They come, you're ruining make, your own comedy show. <laughs> you ruining your comedy show. People yeah. enjoying, they're enjoying everything. Everybody's having fun here, and they're like, dude, what's mm-hmm. wrong with you?' And he's like, "Uh, wait, but why, why, why are you going to be picking on Trump? Why are you going to be picking on Trump?" I'm like, ah, "Are you sure you're in the right business? You, you, you should, yeah, this, this is not yeah. for you. This is not for you. Just." Yeah, like you said, he should be booking a rally. I think the rally is Yeah, he should be selling hats or booking a rally or something. (laughs) And actually, his real business is uh, real estate. That's his, um, yeah, that's actually what he does, real estate. Nice. So I'm like, yep, good not, uh, I'm not coming to you for, for if I I had the money to buy a house, even rent, I'm not even coming to you. Because he still tries to send me an email, like, hey, uh, are you looking for the rent? I'm like, no. Because <laughs> I, I know you're gonna put me in a building full of MAGA hats wearing people. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm good. You're gonna tell me I'm from Africa. So I, can you why why do you have the rights to vote? I thought you're from Africa. Like uh yeah no I don't want that. So I pass. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's part of my American experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh but anyway, let's talk about your Italian experience. So, um, part of your Italian heritage um, includes the Serie A. 
What? what? Sorry, what do you mean? I said that does part of your Italian heritage include the Syria A? D does part of it? Uh, no, I mean, I don't, uh, I'm not sure how to answer that. I think uh, I don't have any, my grandfather used to watch soccer, my no-no used to watch soccer a lot. Um, I think that's probably when I was first introduced to um, that. And then when I was in Italy, um, there were, you know, that's when I kind of, I saw a couple games and I sort of understood more about how the system worked. Cause you know, I never really followed. I was not a huge soccer fan. I like watching the world cup, but I never got deep into it. Um, I, I would just good. know that my grandfather had like very strict ties to certain, he had very strict allegiances and, and he was, he was very into it. Um, so, so when Italy did you go to, well, where's um, Italy? I live, your, I live there. My family's from Calabria, uh, which oh. is like the, the, you know, the Southern tip there. Um, mm -hmm. And then across from Sicily. And then, you know, I, I still, ha I have a lot of family other places. Though. I have a lot of family in Rome because my, my grandmother had uh, like a ton of siblings. So it's just a really big side of the family. And most of them are still in Italy. Um, but I, yeah, so they're mostly from the South and um, my, uh, but when I was in Italy, I was staying in Florence, um, I lived there for like a semester in college and I was, you know, studying Italian, learning the language. I stayed uh, like in a, in sort of a home, uh, you know, home immersion thing or whatever. I, I basically lived with this old Italian widow uh, for a couple of months. And the idea is that like, you know, you talk to them at dinner and they, you kind of learn the language. So um, it was a cool experience. I, I loved it. Um, oh, I forgot. I, I, should, I should have begun the episode with um, Buen, Buenvenuto. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I know I know how to say welcome and uh, and yeah. thank you. You nailed it. You yeah. nailed it. <laughs> well, I, I know there's a little extra I should have added, but uh, I I just stopped there and uh, and I know I know how to say <laughs> buenvenuto to men and uh, buenvenuta, right, to women. Uh, uh I yeah, I think you're you're mixing a little bit of Spanish in there as well. I believe, uh, but it's close. Uh, and they're, they're not too far away. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> my, the 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 first couple I had on the podcast uh, it was was uh, my friend who's um, from Galicia, married to uh, where's his wife from again? Uh, Mofeta. In, okay. In, in, so yeah, and so yeah, so it was Spanish, uh, Galician, um, Italian couple. So. Nice. Yeah, so it's okay. I, I tend to mix stuff between. <laughs> They've given me permission to mix it up. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> and then I've had a couple of Italians, and um, yeah, on, on, on the podcast. So, nice. Yeah. So, oh, so Cal Calabria. So you, you, you saw, you, you, you went to um, stadiums while you were in Italy? Yeah, we went to a couple. I've been to. I went to a couple games. I can't remember the exact. In Florence. Season. So when I was in Florence, they we went to see um, Fiorentina, Fiorentina, which yeah. was the team there. Um, but they were like they kind of stunk. They were. I think they were in Serie C. Like, uh, they they got I, relegated once. So the probably were in Serie B. Yeah, I think they were honestly. They might have been in C when we were there. They they in were in, they were at the but they were in the bubble of CB. This would have been like years ago. This was you know a long time ago. Um, but yeah, they they weren't good. I remember that, and I remember going to the game and they got killed. Um, I know, but it, it was it's fun to see. You know, it's a spectacle there. It's it's yeah. wild how into it everyone is. Um, and we weren't. You know, we don't really care. But it was it was definitely like a cool experience to go to a game. And if anyone goes to Italy, like it's yeah, 
it's worth it's worth it to go like get that atmosphere one you know when there's when there's arenas again yep. when there are crowds of people again someday. well they try to start letting people in about yeah. 1000 per game and then uh, resurgence yeah. happened and well it's it's still yeah. happening so it's back to school. I wouldn't I would never tell anybody until the things are more sorted to like go to an arena. That would never be, you know. Uh to me it's like big crowds, tight spaces is like gonna be a bad call mm-hmm. for you know, until things are better. Um, but you know. Yeah, even even, even Germany, uh Germany was letting um uh, like twenty like I think one stadium letting about twenty thousand. A stadium that could host about eighty thousand people. They're letting about 20,000. So I was thinking, oh, maybe if I, I'm able to go to Germany in uh, December, I might try and go catch a game because it's not, um, it's like 20% capacity they were allowing in. And then the resurgence began in Germany. And I'm like, yeah, I'll pass. I mean, the beer is good. <laughs> I love the beer there, but I'll pass. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll pass. Yeah. It's, not, it's not worth it right now. Um, no. I'm not even thinking of going to, if, if, I, if I still decide to go to Germany in December, I'm not going to my medieval festivals. I'm not going to my Christmas markets. No, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, if they if they decide to open those, I'm not going. But I don't think they will. Yeah. They'll still do that. I'll, so I'll miss my glue vine, which is my my favorite thing to do in Christmas periods. Uh, were, were you in Italy around Christmas time? Uh, no, I was. It was after. Um, okay. I think I got there in like January or February. Okay, I, I was going to ask if they had. Um, like a winter Christmas drink type of thing, like they have in Germany. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not aware of um, of that. I don't. I mean, I feel like Italian. Like there probably are, but it doesn't feel like a, a huge. The drinking culture seems like mostly just people mo- like drink wine and yeah, a little and like they have a couple of light beers that people drink, but it's not a heavy drinking culture. Um, well, on and, the wine side, now I'll consider the wine side heavy drinking. Oh, I just mean like how much of it they drink. Like they don't like drinking culture in America is sort of like a, you know, there's a lot of like there's party atmosphere. People dr- like like dr- there is like more of a culture around drinking. It feels like in in Italy and in a lot of places in Europe, like people don't really do that. So mm-hmm. I, I remember drinking, but I, I was I was poor. I was broke as hell when I was there. So I was drinking. I was drinking red wine out of juice boxes and shit that I got from the grocery store. You know, just like low end. But their stuff, stuff is their stuff drinking really, on the bus. Probably healthy. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was mm-hmm. probably. It's probably better than stuff over here. I don't. I have no idea. I don't really know wine, yeah. but I know I was doing wine, that. I think they all taste the same to me. I, I mean, don't tell the <laughs> wine people. Yeah, that I said that, but um, yeah, but uh, I, I won't. In Germany, it's uh, it's woo. I mean, their beer is quite. It's healthy, man. It's the and there's so many good choices there. So yeah, it's. Ooh, that, that's why you can just keep me in Germany. Like I've I've I've, I've had um, a YouTuber who lives in Germany. Um, he was he was in the army, and after his time in Germany, he said, "Yeah, I'm not coming back. We feel safer over there too." <laughs> and yeah, he said Germany is like the Amazon of beers. So it's and I can testify because every my, my spouse is from Germany, so every time we go there, it's like yeah, my my in laws keep. They just keep loading me with beers, and it's never the same beers in the house. And I can't tell you which one is my favorite because they are good. They are yeah. good, and it's different flavors. And they do this thing like now Heineken is doing it in America with the um, non-alcoholic. And I was telling um, uh, Dom uh, Dominic uh, Riviera because he, he was complaining about it on his podcast, like uh, the the 
non-alcoholic beers. Like, what the hell is Van Heineken doing here? I said, um, in Europe, mm-hmm. they, they got it everywhere. <laughs> like my, my spouse, she told once, like first time I went to Germany, um, I had just seen Get Out. And mm-hmm. um, we saw Get Out just before we left. And yeah. so my in-laws left, the, they, they had some engagement, so they left the house to us. And it was winter time, so you don't need to keep beer or drinks in the fridge. So they have all the drinks in the back of the house. So there was, it was dark, but instead of me to switch on the lights, I'm like, yeah, I, I got this. They're all in the crate. So I go there and grab a beer and, you know, pop it open and I'm drinking. And yeah. my, my, my woman sees me drinking and she just grabs the bottle and runs away. And I'm like, what, what, what the hell? I'm like, the black guy is here and uh, is it, this, this is too soon. Should the black guy start packing his stuff and run away or what? I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like, wait, why will you just grab my beer and take it away? Um, should I be worried? And she brings the same type of beer back again. I'm like, wait, you switched my beer for the same beer? Like, what? Well, wait, what's going on? And she said, oh, you were drinking a non-alcoholic. Oh, uh, okay. I said, wait, that's so it? So she was giving you a regular one? And, uh, she said, yeah. And she, then she brought another bottle and showed me, like, it says non-alcoholic in German. And it literally, it's easy to, if you just read it, even if you don't know German, it says non-alcoholic. <laughs> gotcha. I was like, so you missed a good opportunity to get one over me. You could have allowed me to keep drinking and just watch my reaction. And then when I start acting like I'm drunk, then you tell me, like, hey, why are you acting drunk? You're not drunk. You've been drinking non-alcoholic. Like, don't, doesn't it happen with Americans and other people who visit here who don't know? She's like, oh, yes, yeah, it happened in college because she went across the border for college and a bunch of uh, Spaniards were partying. I think, they, unfortunately, the, the label of the beer washed off, so they, they knew they had non-alcoholic in the bucket and those guys drank non-alcoholic and we woo, 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 woo. And all the, the Dutch and Germans were just watching. Yeah. Like, well, are you guys done? And when they calmed down, like, oh, yeah, you guys were just drinking non-alcoholic. We knew all this time, but we just waited for you guys to calm down. And those, yeah. those students never partied on campus anymore. After that, they were so embarrassed. <laughs> like, ah, wow. okay. Like, these guys, you're like, what? They, they lost their cred after that. Like, they, <laughs> right. they had to go out of town or something. But I was like, wow, like, you could have done that to me, and you missed a great opportunity to do something like that Because <laughs> like, I, I would have done that to her. And like, then told my daughter when she's like, 15, you know, 12, 15, like, do you know what your mother did? And, you know, well. Right. Yeah, she, she's too nice, so it's good. But, yeah. That's good. <laughs> uh, so, oh, well, so what, what's the, um, the biggest experience? Or, well, did you have any culture shock while, uh, when you arrived in Italy? Um, yeah, I think uh, probably a little bit. I mean, I had been there before, so it wasn't like totally, you know, new. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think the language thing was, you know, a big thing because we were, t- we were trying to speak the language to people is something that I hadn't done there before. Previously, I had been there as a tourist and just like, I only speak English. And now we're in the situation where, you know, we're trying to speak Italian to people. So that that has its own little like, you know, I've never been in that situation of like in a foreign country trying to speak the language. You, you kind like I had studied it, so I kind of knew a little bit, but that was definitely like a um, a little bit of a shock when I was there. But you know, that was also the kind of the coolest part was like getting better over the period of time I was there to to the point at the end where you could you know chat with a cab driver and it was like you it was you sort of felt like you could speak um, you know or I got to actually speak with at some point some of my relatives. Um, who were Italian, who I had previously never really spoken to. 
um, and tried to speak Italian. You know, I, I, yeah. could, I couldn't do it fluently, but enough where I could kind of have conversations with them, which, which I thought was really cool. So, um, yeah. So when you speak to your relatives, do they identify, do they say you, you, your Italian sounds like it comes from this part of Italy or... It's... No, I mean, I, I, I don't have like, because I don't have any there, you know, what we're learning in school is just like basic straight down the middle Italian. There's no dialect or anything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think I had any of that. My, my dad's side of the family has, um, you know, certain members of the family would speak dialect, which mm -hmm. is like, a, you know, Southern dialect, yeah. which is kind of actually hard to, um, understand. Uh, so the dialects in Italian are so different than, It's not like a southern. It's not like speaking English with a southern accent. It's it's like there are different words sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So it's it's really actually quite difficult to understand if you're just like kind of coming, even if you know some Italian to try to understand it. It can be a challenge. Um. But no, I was speaking just basic, you know, regular, regular textbook Italian. Yeah, acts because my previous the previous guest I mentioned who's from Mofeta, she. She mm -hmm. mentioned the dialects, like uh, she was like, "Yeah, well, you know, that's the difference between Italy and Spain. Like, you know, Spain has different languages in it, but the, the dialects in Italy, it's it's what stands out. So, like, she yeah, that in Mofeta is in the Sicily region. So, say like, yeah, when she if she's speaking, has it's somebody from um, uh, Milan who probably won't get everything she's saying, and she won't get everything someone yeah. from." Um, Milan is saying, and I was like, "Oh wow, yeah, well, yeah that, I never thought of it in that way, or never knew." Yeah, it's that. it's kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, some of them, I think, some of them are more severe than others too. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like the ones that are right around Florence and Rome, like, didn't like they sounded kind of, you know, like they had slight accents, but it wasn't wildly different. Um, the South felt very like when they were talking; it sounded a lot different. I would say. Yeah, I, I think it also because um, in, in football, they 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 tend to pick on the south. So, like um, in the, the, the along um, amongst the discrimination laws that they have in Italy, yeah. So with the racism, they there's like a specific law that says like there's certain songs that the um, that if fans from northern Italy sing in the stadiums, it's considered almost the equivalent of racism against mm -hmm. um southern teams so yeah i know there there was quite there was quite a bit of i mean i i think you know in italy and and i wasn't you know i can't speak to it now but like when i was there uh i do remember thinking like you'd get certain things translated to you even things that were on tv and you'd be like wow they really just <laughs> say that like uh some of them are you know they, they don't have a, a level of um It felt like the the there there wasn't a lot of political correctness and in, in almost a way that was like a bit egregious where they would be like I'd be like oh I think that person just said something very racist on TV and everyone laughed and there was no like you know and and it and nobody even thought it was mm -hmm. we like nobody was even like oh you shouldn't have said that it was more just like everybody's like yeah that's fun like you know they would like uh, I can't remember the joke exactly but something of like. Uh, like maybe a guy playing a drum and they'd be like, uh, that's an African telephone. And he'd be like, whoa, like what? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it, I remember, you know, and I, I'm getting it translated, you know, I'm yeah. sort of the language, but I'm like, I know enough to know that that seems weird to be like on a game show, you know, like, uh, yeah, there was, it was, it's weird, but I'm not surprised because, uh, 
there's, there's a show. Um, um, they, I think Rye, we, used, we had Rye, uh, yeah, Rye, Rye TV used to be on one of our like, legal cables. And yeah. sometimes there will, there'll be translations and uh, once yeah. in a while we'll hear, they'll be talk about what they're saying. And um, yeah, so, and, and the city that I grew up in, uh, in my teenage years, I got into my teenage years um, in Benin City. It's the city that has like the, the, the a lot of the people who get um, human trafficked into Sicily. Oh, yeah. They come from there. And um, so it's a lot of Italian connection. So that's like, I know people who, who literally can't speak English, but speak perfect Italian there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. So we, we had lots of, um, uh, like, they call it Italo. That's uh, one of the, the, the slangs for Italy. There's that, that Italo, that means somebody who just, who's based in Italy. That's an Italo. That's, ah, okay. Yeah. So we used to have lots of stories about uh, Italy. Oh, man. So um, let me ask you about food. So I know your favorite. Your, your when it comes to food, are you about the Italian life, uh, which you're being based in New York and Brooklyn? Does your heart belong to somewhere else when it comes to food? Food. I mean, food-wise, I love Italian food. I I eat. I love lots of food. Honestly, I don't eat just like Italian food constantly. But I love Italian food. Uh, Pasta is probably my favorite. Um, and I I uh, I think you know did, used to run a, a show where I would cook um, pasta for the audience, um, and that was you know that was fun. Uh, but I, I I recently got my my pandemic my new pandemic thing is that I've got a a fresh pasta roller like a you know, some of the equipment to like make pasta fresh. Yeah. So I started doing that and that's really up to my game cooking wise. Um, uh -huh. So that's, that's, I guess that's the food I love the most. I think, uh, how old was I before I finally figured out that the pronunciation was spaghetti? Was calling me spaghetti. Well, how are you, how are you, how are you pronouncing it before? Supaghetti. Supaghetti? Yeah. Like a soup, like supergetti? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it was. You read you were adding your own flair on there. Well, there was someone who was much older than I was who pronounced it spaghetti. I wonder if it we, was. Do you think? Sorry, go ahead. And we picked up on it, and it just became spaghetti. And I don't know. And everything. There was no pasta, and it was never called pasta. And then when someone said, "Oh, you you eating pasta?" Like, what is pasta? All oh, right. And said, "That's pasta." I said, "No, it is spaghetti." You mean spaghetti? No, spaghetti. Yeah. And say you're a bushman. I'm like, no, I'm not a bushman. You are, you are an idiot because it is spaghetti. And yeah, you see the spelling, and like, well, I don't think they know how to spell it because it should be spaghetti. Right. <laughs> you were very, you were very sure of yourself. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you told that young woman that you sent to uh, strike out on the dreams. <laughs> she should go. She should go tell the producer. She should go take them out for a, a plate of spaghetti, and, um, and she'd be fine. I played the fifth on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I might title this episode a plate of spaghetti. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, as a writer and a stand-up comic, what role does music play in motivating you? Um, uh, no, I'm uh, probably not that much, honestly. Uh, I mean, I listen to, I will listen to music maybe before a gig to get like, uh, you know, a little pumped up or whatever, get a little energy going. Uh, 
Um, so I'll listen to some hip hop before a show. Like if I'm walk, like, you know, when I'm on the subway or walking there or whatever, or driving there now, but, um, yeah. So I, I would say probably that, I mean, I guess I've had, I've probably had, you know, music related, like I've probably had some music in bits. I can't think of a bit that I have that relates to it right now, but, um, yeah, that's probably the most, the most of it. I don't, um, it's not one of my major influences. Hmm. Um, do you, do you double into Italian music? No, okay. I, I find Italian. Here's the thing. Like, I, I don't know if there's Italian music that's good. I, I'm sure there's some good. Rock I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure there is like, I'm sure there is. Um, but I know that the Italian music that we have in this country that they play at like the Olive Garden makes oh. me want to throw myself off a building. You know what I mean? Like whatever that kind of music is, is just terrible. And it's the only Italian music that we get is that like that just horrible, whatever it is. Like that wasn't on my mind until you, you, you brought it and yeah, now, now it can, it can't get off. So yeah, it's, it's bad music. My my friend from Calcio land for good. I'm sure there are lots, I'm sure there are lots of really good Italian artists. And I'm sure that that's sort of just like that music is like just stereotypical Italian. <laughs> but like it's we don't get a lot of other stuff over here. You know, uh, I, I don't know. No. Or, or or probably we do, but I'm unaware of it. I don't know. I've, I've, I've had uh, one or two Italian rock artists. Um, I can't recall their names now because I, I literally have a bunch of artists from all over the world on my, uh, my music list on Spotify and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think I probably uh, one of my guests who just moved here right after the, um, the lockdown was uh, uh, reduced. Um, he he came. He also came. He came from Napoli, uh, from Naples. Um, he was. Uh, did he give me a rap artist? Uh, it, probably rock. It was rock that he mentioned. I have to go check the episode again. Yeah, but uh, maybe I've had one or two bands, but uh, now that you've mentioned Olive Garden, now that song is playing in my head. Man, <laughs> uh, you see what you've done to me now. That's that's Sorry worse, that's that. worse than spaghetti. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> that's one of the first places I was taken to when I arrived in the United States. I was like, oh, wow, this must be nice. So I feel fancy. Somebody took you to the Olive Garden, one of the first places? Yeah, that was uh, one of my cousins oh, wow. who lived in. He came from Maryland because I was in Virginia. He came to Maryland. Let me, yeah. let me take you. Let me treat you. Let me treat you nice. You know, took me to yeah. Olive Garden. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. You know, got an order. Uh, well, I, I welcome, welcome to America. Here's a chain restaurant. That's actually not a bad intro to the country. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't realize it was a chain restaurant. I was like, <laughs> wow, they're treating me good. Took me to a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after I join the Navy and I'll fly to different cities, I'm seeing Olive Garden. I mean, Olive Garden here too? Wow. Yeah. Olive Garden here? Wow. Wait. Why is it here? <laughs> Wait, the same guy is here. He owns like This guy is rich. Wow. This guy yeah. opened a branch here and branch and some of that. It's called franchise. What? French? From what? Oh. 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 It's like McDonald's. They're, they're everywhere. Really? Yeah. Well. So oh, yeah, man. your friend took you to your friend took you to a sit down drive in. Oh dang, that dude, <laughs> man! I thought he was rich and took me to a big ass restaurant. Really, man, oh, dude, I need to, I need to take back his credit. Nah, his rating goes down. I'm gonna call him and say, dude, you suck. Like two years later, I figured it out. And I'm like, man, yeah, your rating dropped. Your rating has dropped. Man, I downgrade you from five plus to 
to two minus. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first restaurant I was taking to was Ruby Tuesday. And I took like 30 minutes trying to figure out what to order. Because I was like, wow, this big menu. Wow. Going through like, wow. I feel special here. You know, like, wow. My brother's like, really? Well, why are you taking so much time? Just pick something. I was like, ah, there's so much food here. Wow. I'm so happy. <laughs> Yeah, my brother, like, man, you're an embarrassment. Like, pick something. I was like, oh, wow, okay, like they got alcohol too. He's like, uh huh. Like, wow, I'm so. <laughs> like, take a photo of me, man. Take a photo. <laughs> I have the photo too. <laughs> yeah, like, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was my very first restaurant in America, and I thought I was a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> balling out at the Ruby Tuesdays. So balling I like out. It. I was a baller. Yeah, send that picture to all my people back in Nigeria. Look at that. I'm no longer on the streets. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, you've done quite a lot of, uh, you've done uh, some writings and uh, you, you also an award-winning writer. And your last um, show that you worked on was Patriot Act. Except if mm -hmm. you have something coming up that you'd like to share, then hey, please feel free. So well, what was that experience like, working on the Patriot Act? Because I'm, I'm a big fan of Hassan uh, Minhaj. I said, did I say yeah. his name right? Yeah, Hassan Minhaj, yeah. He's he's great. Um, like I love working on the show. Uh, it was definitely like a unique experience because I was... Um, I came in and, you know, not long after that, we were dealing with the pandemic. Um, so, you know, it's a show that tapes in front of a live studio audience and we yeah. write a show for, you know, so it's definitely a shift to try to do comedy, um, in front of a green screen, um, you know, without an audience and then, uh, you know, and just sort of adjusting everything about the way we do the show. Cause we're also doing it remotely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we used to work in an office together and now we're remote. So there's a lot of changes, um, just in the short you know time that that was going on um so it was definitely like a, a a very dynamic experience but honestly i i i was impressed with like the the staff was great and so many people like just totally redid the way that they were doing their work um especially a lot of the production people but you know the writing staff too to shift to basically doing kind of a different show not totally different but um, to adapt the show to that format in like in a very short period of time and um, and then, you know, make a show that I thought was good uh, was, was really was awesome. Good. So, so, so that whole experience was definitely wild. Cause it was like um, it wasn't static. It wasn't, yep, this is the same thing way we do it. It was, you know, it, within the first month, as soon as our, our, it, it fell apart basically at our very first episode taping um, is when the pandemic you know, and, and those early weeks in the office, it was starting to, you know, where the news is getting worse about it. And people mm -hmm. were like, well, should we still come in here? So it was definitely a, a very weird, surreal um, experience, but I loved writing on the show and, and the people there are great. So um, when, you know, with the pandemic and you guys um, in the writer's room, uh, you guys started working virtually, right? Yeah, we started working remotely, um, you know, uh, right around the same point that I think everybody did. Um, so what was that you know, experience they, like for, for you guys? Because was there a different energy? Because um, you, you guys are always usually in the same room, bouncing yeah. off ideas. 
So I mean, there, there is a lot of individual. Um, yeah, there, there is a lot of individual writing um, that goes on in these shows. I think people have an idea because of like uh, how writers' rooms are portrayed on certain sitcoms that like mm-hmm. everything is just, you know, people sitting around a table pitching ideas and writing it down. Like it's not all collaborative like that. There's okay. also like uh, individual writing and, and a fair amount of it actually is individual writing. Um, but there are those, you know, sort of moments of everybody sitting in a room. We did, you know, we, we use technology um, to try to replicate those meetings or sessions we would have to, you know, to uh, be brainstorming and doing stuff. It worked pretty effectively, I think. Um, you know, I, what you miss is you miss like personal contact with people and, you know, and some of the enjoyment and camaraderie of like being together, creating something. Um, so, you know, I, I wish I had had more of that, um, you know, on the show cause, but it was just impossible. Um, because you know, there was after all, I think only a month or so it was, we went to remote this season. So understood. So now let's get to the big thing. You have your album out. Uh, yeah. Last, uh, the last wishes. Yep, that's it. And why is it titled Last Wishes? And, um, why should people get this album? Which I'm, yeah, even oh, if people nice. don't, aren't convinced, I'm convinced already because, uh, all right, I don't need people good. Then I, I, need, I don't need extra I won't... convincing, but for those <laughs> okay, who, good. who need to be convinced, why should they be convinced about it? Great, yeah. I'll, I'll try not to convince you then. You're already sold. I love I'm, it. I'm um, sold from three G. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the album is it's my first album. Um, I've been doing stand up for about 13 years, uh, so um, I'm really excited about it. Um, I like I like you know I think the material's all strong. I like the way it came out. Um, the uh, last wishes is sort of I, I do have a bunch of material on the album about it's a joke about my funeral. Um, and I have a bunch of the, the album does start with a fair amount of like murder death related material for the first, but it's, you know, it's not a super, I don't want people to think it's a bummer, um, or, or super dark is lots of just fun, stupid stuff, um, on the album, but you know, it, it has that sort of, it has different darker themes that I'm messing with throughout. So I thought, um, last wishes would be a, a good one. And then, uh, a good title for it. And, you know, in, uh, and then if I ever die, like there is a pretty good record on track, I think it's four of what I'm looking for at my funeral. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a plus as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that's uh, this, this great promote you've been doing. And uh, yeah, I, I love, especially the one you did with your niece. I don't know. I don't know how you made that work. Oh uh, yeah, she, 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 I've been doing she, she yeah. So for, your listeners might not know, but like yeah, so I I made I've been making um, promotional videos um, and using my niece, who I am currently sort of homeschooling as a comedic prop. Um, so she she acts in some of my videos, and she's actually great at acting. She's um, fantastic. You guys and, need to go on his yeah. Instagram and check out. So the video. I <laughs> yeah. So you can and you can check out. So if you want to check out my album, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, it's at my last name Parisi, which is Paris with an e after it. Uh, comic at uh, on Instagram. That's where I'm at. Or you can check my website. Pretty much everywhere where there's me on the internet, you're gonna see that link, um, and you can. Uh, download from you know it's pretty much everywhere but if you click the download link it'll show you all the all the places you can get to it all right i'll plug um i'll add all those links also to the show notes 
Um, so oh, thanks. Everybody can find it, and uh, yeah, every, we, we all everybody deserves to um, enjoy the album. And wow, your your niece, she she'll, she'll go places because I, I I saw that <laughs> and I was like, man, that yeah. was <laughs> she she was just yeah. amazing. <laughs> it's a, at a certain point, like I mean, I know you're saying she'll go places, but I'm not gonna let you be her manager and send her to some <laughs> Nigerian town. You know what I mean? I I know what you're gonna do. You're gonna try to send her down oh, down I've, some path. I've got an experience she's now. Gonna, she's I, gonna I, end I know up about other movie industries. You know, there's Bollywood, there's the South African wood, there's um, God, there's yeah. Uganda wood. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've improved. I've improved. You know, I don't know, man. I worry that my niece is gonna end up destitute in uh, <laughs> Nigerian Hollywood, and 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 oh, so man. I'm gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to guide her career instead of you. I'll I'll take ten percent. That's all. I'm not, I'm not greedy. <laughs> And I, I know good wine, and I know, yeah, you know, I, I know fancy stuff, you know. So nice, yeah, you know. And I can introduce her to Syria. Ah, you know, I know good accountants also. So hey, trust me on that. It's much better than before. Where I just say, go, go into the wilderness and call me. Um, yeah. After you make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, so I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Um, Absolutely. To wrap it up. Uh, can you leave the audience with something? One last word. Um, because, uh, sure. Uh, well, I'll just anything. say thanks for thanks for having me so much, uh, and uh, this was great. And I'm glad that I uh, I, I learned about your dark past, uh, which was fun. <laughs> uh, but also, no, I had a great time talking to you, man. And uh, and thanks so much. And uh, if people want to, you know, check out the album, I would love that. So thanks for having me. All righty, please, everyone listening, check out uh, Brian's album. And don't forget the uh, links are in the show notes. And um, also on social media, I'll tag his um, his um, his um, social media pages so you can also check it out there. And yeah, check it out. And the album is out November 3rd. Uh, by the time you're listening, it'll already be out about two weeks. Then, hey, that doesn't mean you can't go get it and enjoy it. And yeah, have fun. Have fun. Get some good laughs. And celebrate and if you want to drink italian wine hey the more the better so yeah that's all about it and thank you all for the privilege of your company thank you brian for joining us and yeah but when you whenever you uh, get back on stage please let me know i'd like to come out there if i can or uh, virtually whichever great way. all righty so, thanks man thanks again thanks for listening to white label america if you enjoy the show we'll appreciate if you rate review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from if you have any questions comments or have someone who will be a good guest on the show or you want to be on the show send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at whitelabelamerican thank you for your support